welcome back to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. And since it's Tuesday, you know it. It's time to welcome back on the program the one and the only Andrew Dembina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you today. How are you doing, my friend? not really pouring down with rain at the moment as it has been that's always good i know and living, always good living um on an island well, i suppose we're, we're, we're hong kong is yeah. an island but um what was it like on island life because you know i, I live in the well, south side and it was mm, i don't know if i can yeah pissing yeah. it down with rain i guess i could say it was really terrible oh, did you say did you say that deliberately yeah i did <laughs> yeah right um yeah, uh, it, it, there's a, there's a bit more than a 10-minute walk for me to get to the ferry on this outlying island that I live on. And when there's sideways or heavy um, sort of downward rain, a lot of people, when I was working in offices, um, uh, I did go to an appointment last week where I had to go to do something for artsing around. I had to uh, I had to go and interview the curator of something at the Museum of Art. And I got absolutely soaked. You know, you, I couldn't, I, I had an appointment to interview her and this rain absolutely soaked. So I arrived with, you know, wet, wet trousers and, uh, you know, the umbrella oh. only kept, kept my shirt dry. So it was, um, yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things. It's a trade-off where you do get, uh, you know, some, uh, some of the uh, weather making their impact. Exactly. But, yeah. Anywho. Back to food news. Yeah. What have you got for yeah. us today? It's all global, Noreen. And yes. uh, I'm going to start off with something that we rarely talk about, which is pet food. Um, because Sorry, I came you say across pet food? Like animals, yeah. pet food? Oh. It, yeah, pets that you keep. Um, it, it, because it's, uh, I came across it when I was looking around uh, global food news. And I thought it was quite an interesting one. Uh, it's it's a forecast of a big global trend, and it won't be a surprising one, really. But according to a report last week from Report Linker, that's a market intelligence firm, it um, it said that vegan pet food globally is valued at 8.7 billion US dollars uh, in in one year. Let's just put that. I mean. Sorry, it, that was it, like a, yeah, whoa, you, that's, a yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot of money for, for pets. It is, it's, it is, it's 67.5 billion HKDs, um, and that was, that was in 2020. And according to their analysis and projections, they expect it to be, by 2028, to reach 15.7 billion, that's 122 billion a year. Now you think about it. There aren't. It's going to be mostly not 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 you know not necessarily all, but mostly uh, owners of pets who are themselves vegans. I can understand that. You know, can't you? It's kind of if if you're doing if you're choosing that diet for yourself, then you don't want to be kind of maybe offering meat to your pets. That wouldn't make sense, would it? So I suppose it's a knock-on as more people become vegan themselves. There are there are a few key points from this. Uh, study that came out last week um, that uh, vegan pet food is going to grow just under 8% year on year from last year until 2028. Um, So to define what is vegan pet food then, it has to be, to qualify as such, it has to be produced with plant-based and natural ingredients uh, with uh, prepared with no trace of animal-derived raw materials and it must also ensure that there's no cruelty or exploitation of those little pet animals 
uh, sorry, for those, for those little pet animals. So the products have to be done in an ethical way um, and uh, that won't inflict any harm on animals despite the fact that they're all plant-based and natural ingredients. So... Um, the, the and, report, and if you think about how yeah. uh, how pricey um, mm. yeah how pricey vegan or, or plant based food can be for humans, yeah. I should imagine yeah. that it's probably not far off, or perhaps even uh, more expensive. For, uh, it could be more because I, I, it's going to be produced in yeah. small amounts. Yeah. I, I must admit, yeah. I've not seen any plant based food. For pets here in Hong Kong, I mean, uh, please, for our listeners, and enlighten me. I mean, where yeah. where would one go? Would you sort of buy the human version of it and and make? I I, I don't know, or, or make your own, really? I I don't know. Um, Probably not the yeah, human version. It might have too much sodium or too much I, sort of additives. Yes, it could do. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look in my pet supplies shop because at the moment, as well as a huge dog that I own myself, I'm dog sitting for two labradors and oh. we are giving them yeah they're, they're they're lovely but it's been i'm halfway through three and a half months of uh, turmoil as the dogs don't get on anyway that's another story <laughs> that I, I won't sidetrack us again but but it's um but it, it's uh, there are a lot of dog foods around already that have natural products so the dog food that i've been feeding my dog since he was born is um stuff that's using natural products it's funny years ago um, that, that that probably wouldn't be so widely available. Now it's a choice, and it is a bit more expensive, but uh, he was born with something a bit wrong with his hind legs, and mm-hmm. so we decided to uh, to give him something purer. I mean, that could be a reason also medicinal, like for dogs who are not that well, that they might choose to be eating um, the, the vegan being uh, food, which will be one of, of some choices which aren't containing additives and so on. So... The the the, uh, the reason that was given for the uh, uh, for the growth, according to the survey, is the global trends of, v- of veganism, as I mentioned before. So you know, humans becoming uh, more vegan themselves, and also the humanization of pets. That's uh, that's treating pets more as a member of the family, um, and so giving them a better mm. diet, uh, and an increasing number of pet owners around the world which propels the growth naturally however some some there was some notes that there's a nutrition deficiency related to the vegan pet food product so be careful listener if you're thinking of looking around to see where you can get it from there have been in this report which scanned all types globally uh nutrition uh deficiency uh has popped up as something that's not quite there yet in this food so Noreen, where do you think that pet food veganism, this trend, is becoming the most popular in the world? Oh, sorry, this repeat that again. Yeah, where, where in the world do you think uh, pet food veganism uh, is trending the highest? Um, I don't know why Australia comes to mind. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can imagine that being, uh, being uh, high up there as well. They've, um, they've stated Europe, the oh. continent of Europe. That's a, that's a bit of a cop-out. So many countries in I Europe. I know. That's but, really uh, a country. Yeah. Like, I, I could have yeah. said, I don't know, yeah. Europe. So that's, <laughs> just, a, yeah, that's just, just the part of the world. Um, but, it, but, but it's increasing in, pop, in popularity everywhere, including Asia-Pacific, which would include Australia, New Zealand, and also Middle East and Africa. So, uh, plus, in Europe, um, the 
easy availability of distribution of vegan pet food is encouraging people to try it. So it's not just their ethical beliefs or dietary preferences. It's also that the manufacturers are getting it out there more in Europe. Mm. So that's, that's our first segment today. And uh, we're staying in Europe for a connection. Second uh, report today that Britain could be facing serious food shortages right now um, in the, and throughout the summer due to a lorry driver crisis. So media in the UK have been rife with reports on this since last Friday. And Reuters news agency reported that the country could face uh, severe gaps uh, on supermarket shelves this summer and an unimaginable collapse of supply chains. So that's the logistics of getting food around after both the COVID pandemic and Brexit has led to a shortage of more than 100,000 truck drivers. That's how many they need in the UK to get food around. So that's according to warnings from industry leaders in the UK. Um, so on, on the 23rd of June, just a week ago, a letter was sent to Prime Minister Boris Johnson by the, the food and logistics industry calling for his personal intervention to allow for European labour to be used to be truck drivers by giving temporary work visas for heavy goods vehicle, that's lorry drivers, mm -hmm. to add them to a shortage, um, a shortage occupation list. There is apparently a national uh, list of what is running very short in occupation. That's 100,000 drivers that are needed to, to put things on the shelf properly. So according to one of the industry uh, people concerned who signed this letter, supermarkets are already reporting that, not, that they're now not receiving their expected food stocks. And as a result, there's a lot of considerable wastage while they wait for food that's been ordered but not then delivered. That's, that was the head of the Road Haulage Association um, who said that. His name's Richard Burnett, and he coordinated this letter to the Prime Minister. So the response from the UK government, they said that with the country's new post-Brexit immigration system, the industry should hire local workers instead. So they're, they're not considering getting... Uh, uh, Overseas, foreign. Temporary, yeah, yeah, as a temporary thing. So um, the supermarket industry there relies on uh, a lot of drivers and warehouse workers to bring produce from the fields and farms of Europe where a lot of the produce comes from to its shelves. Um, so, the, uh, yeah, that's the, they're, they're in trouble there, basically. And um, an interesting and important aspect of food and drink, I thought, is logistics, because it's crucial behind-the-scenes stuff to make it really happen. There was no mention of any restaurants and bar effects in the UK, but naturally they would be hit too, uh, I would think. I haven't also looked into or heard much, don't know if you've heard anything about logistics of, of food and drinks or anything being held up. It seems that a very long time ago that, um, that shelves were run dry in Hong Kong, doesn't it? And that was mostly by panic buying. Panic buying, yeah, there. not just food, but yeah, toilet rolls. And it just, yeah. and I think it just adds, I think we, we did a 
program on this with Daisy Tam uh, from the Baptist University, who has a special mm. interest in sort of food security around the world. And it's precisely sort of the panic buy that leads to marginalized uh. communities and, and frankly speaking, poorer people who lose out because they aren't able to sort of buy in bulk. They aren't able to sort of buy so quickly. So that they're, they're not left with sort of any scraps, so to speak. You know, everybody sort of panic buys and buys a lot of everything. And yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the, the poorer people who really end up losing out. And Hong Kong in particular, we're really facing sort of, we could face a, a real big sec- a food security crisis because we don't really, we import so much of our food as well, as, as she was we saying. Do. Yeah. We do. I mean, it was, it was amazing. I completely agree with you and, uh, and I'm sure you found out a lot from the discussion that you had, but but people, um, I mean, my, I heard from my family in the UK that my my dad was uh, was was kind of storing lots of dry stuff while it was going on because there was it can be driven by a panic in the in the community. Yeah. Um, Hong Kong does depend on everything from outside, but Hong Kong, for the most part, apart from the the, the you know the upper um, sort of end of the wealth spectrum. Um, do, do have smaller homes and you can't, you haven't got the luxury of spaces in some other places. Not that you'd Absolutely. want to be hoarding anyway, to it's, be honest. But, yeah, and it just doesn't, yeah. I mean, the pandemic sort of brought out the worse in people. But another thing is typhoons. I never, and I'm from Hong Kong, grew born and bred here. I, I never mm. understood why people sort of buy heaps yeah. of instant stuff or, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> just for yeah. a few days of typhoon. I don't know it's why. It's very fast. <laughs> it's very yeah, weird. Yeah, I've always thought that too. Yeah, it's a very quick um, thing to get through, isn't it, really? And if there's one or two items missing from a shop, then uh, never mind. You know that the following week or two, vegetables are going to be really expensive. Oh, I'm not proud of this, but at the start of the pandemic, I bought, uh, I think, about... um sort of two two dozens of instant noodles i won't mention which oh, brand right. so about 24 i thought oh just mm. in case you know maybe we won't yeah. be able to to go out very much yeah. to, to buy ingredients so at least yeah. i've got something there i'm still going through those 24 packets of noodles i think i must have had in the course of the pandemic maybe about seven or eight um well of course i don't feed my children that but you know i'm, I'm still going through <laughs> those two things instant two, two things i've got to say to you there noreen are you are you enjoying them <laughs> is that why you're so slow not going through them secondly are they still in date have they expired so <laughs> much to my dismay one one so 12 of them are sort of expired but it's okay yeah. I, I can still keep them i've got sort of uh, yeah. it's sort of expired in april so it's it's okay yeah. i'll give myself That's, until uh, december i think it's fine yeah yeah for many drive products i don't pay attention unless you spot any weevils running around but, yeah uh, or yeah. if the oil yeah. sort of goes stale but yeah anyway back back to what you were saying yeah. in in the uk yeah, well, that's that, that, that's it, really. I mean, it was just that um, the government sitting, it said, uh, it, it, to elaborate on its response, it said our new points-based immigration system makes it clear employers should focus on investing in our domestic workforce, especially those needing to find employment rather than on labour from abroad. However, when there's, a, when there's a crisis, I think it's like, for example, the medical, um, the need for doctors here that recently... Um, you know, doctors have been allowed to come from mainland China. If there's a need, then the government can help by acting on it. 
So it's uh, so I think um, you know, like if they're gonna if they can forecast sort of supermarkets uh, shelves are going to be dry, just maybe for a very short period, uh, it, would it hurt that much to issue some temporary um, overseas lorry driver visas? Anyway, that's a question I'll just leave hanging in the air. Um, to but going on to the next very um, far removed topic, and it um, it was something that was reported in Fox Australia last Friday, one Aussie mum um, made a video that went hugely viral of a mini egg hack that, um, that experts think could pose a health risk to toddlers. So I'll explain. An egg hack, just something interesting to do with regular regular chicken eggs, uh, was shared by this Australian mother on TikTok. And she said it was a really fun one that her toddler loves. And I'll explain what it is. I've sent you a couple of related pictures. The one of a, a frying pan full of fried eggs. It, there, there's, there isn't a, a regular fried egg in that picture that, um, that shows what a, how large the white of an egg would spread. But they are, they are mini eggs. And, it, and they're, they're still taken from a video on TikTok that showed parents how to go through a process of freezing a chicken egg, uh, getting, getting your normal eggs and putting it in the freezer overnight. In the morning, um, I've taken another photo to show you, which is a pretty straightforward process, <laughs> slicing up a frozen egg um, and then chucking them in the frying pan. But the, the clip, you know, I mean, we all, we all know that, uh, that eggs, maybe not as much as some other meats that we have to be careful of going from one temperature to another, but certainly eggs need to be cooked at a high temperature. So the clip has caused a lot of safety concerns among commentators on social media, as well as nutrition experts. When the, when, you know, when the mini eggs were shown at the end of a TikTok video, which I've had a look at, the little toddler girl is just loving it and making lots of joyful noises. But the, uh, there were a couple of nutritionists that Fox News asked about this, and a registered dietitian confirmed that this hack has risks. She said that anyone trying it should be really careful to cook their eggs all the way through, especially if they're planning on feeding eggs to young children. There are certain categories, she went on, of people who should not even have undercooked eggs because of the risk of salmonella poisoning. Um, that's what she told Fox News. So people at risk include young children, pregnant women, immune-compromised people, and people who've had surgery, plus the elderly. That was according to a nutritionist that they named. Um, it was called Sarah Krieger. The best way to do this, if you're going to attempt it, she says, is to do a temperature check. And you, you need to have around um, 150 degrees uh, C for the yolk to be 100% cooked. And it's just a slightly uh, a degree or two less for the egg white. Most people, she, she says, just eyeball what an egg, fried egg, looks like in a, in a frying pan. And if you see that it's opaque white and opaque yellow, they think it's okay. But I think frozen it's egg, 160 Fahrenheit because um, when I was pregnant, we were also quite w wary of it. I think it's 160 degrees Fahrenheit, so that's 70 degrees Celsius. That's, oh, okay. That's the temperature that salmonella, that the, the, this sort of bacteria will be killed off. 
Well, that, that's what that's well, my own research. I don't want to give anybody sort of food poisoning. Do your own research, okay. listeners. Yeah. Yeah, please do because I because the the uh, the the Fox News report said 150 degrees and there was no. It didn't say whether it was Fahrenheit or centigrade. I I might have wrongly assumed it was centigrade. So yeah, yeah. just just do do check. Absolutely. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, yeah, I think it is 160 degrees Fahrenheit, which is about 71.1 degrees Celsius. And okay, eggs, eggs cooked to that is is for safety. But yeah, I, I, certainly it's. But I must admit, I think it's quite hard to get salmonella from from eggs. I I, I don't know. I think the probability is well, quite low. Okay, but again, you can't be too safe. No, the um, the. Uh, the nutritionists also said that with uh, with frozen eggs, the the uh, the yolk should be cooked separately from the white. Oh. And uh, uh, yeah, and the uh, yeah the the Australian um, uh, CSIRO, that's Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization, um, says that uh, that the the best way if you're going to eat frozen eggs at all is only to whisk them first. Which you can do separately with uh, with egg whites as well, and that is safe. They say that's that's Australia's national science agency, who says the technique works uh, and is safe if you whisk them up first. So, um, I think I'm looking at. I've got one eye on the time here, Noreen. And I don't think I'm gonna no. have time for the last segment. No, I'm I'm so sorry. It's because it's because it was so interactive, and I and I kept interrupting you. So. Oh no no no. <laughs> It's good to have a chat. I don't know if you heard my, my dog barking in the background. There. Yeah, I did. Uh, oh, so cute. Yeah. Well, maybe they're asking for that promised vegan pet food that you've been talking about. They, yeah, yeah. It, it must have overheard that. Sorry for the background <laughs> noise there. Most unexpected interruption. Not at all. There you go. Just, just proves I have a dog. <laughs> well, Andrew... <laughs> or three. Exactly, or three. Well, thank you so much for your sharing, and I shall look up uh, vegan pet food, uh, plant-based pet food, and perhaps we can chat more about it uh, next time again. Thank you so much, Andrew, for your sure. time, and I look forward to more chats with you uh, uh, on Thursday. Oh, no, no, not on Thursday, on Friday uh, for dancing uh, yeah. around. Indeed, one day later. Yes, thank you very Speak much. Speak to you indeed. then, Laurie. And bye for now. Thank you so much, Andrew. Bye. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. Right. And uh, we'll return to 